Welcome to Spiritual Shit You Need to Know, a lifestyle podcast for millennial women, light workers, and spiritual badasses who are waking up, ready to tap into their powers, and own it like a true boss. I'm your host, Regis Cowan, spiritual entrepreneur and life coach, and my passion is helping women like you get out of your own way and step your mindset game up. Are you a spiritual woman who's questioning her life, wanting more meaning and purpose, and you're ready to live your most amazing life? Then this is the place for you. Your time is now. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode on the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to my special guest, Marion, who is a French love coach. We're going to be talking about love, sex, relationships, and that's right, BDSM, bondage, guys. So listen up. She has a very interesting story of how she met the love of her life and her current partner, as well as how BDSM has played its way into their relationship and it played a role in how they met. Um, She is a French love coach, as I said, and she helps women get better sex and relationships through kinky and spiritual practices. Her vision involves a world where everyone can feel powerful, embracing who they truly are, emotions, body, kinks, their whole self. Let's welcome Marion to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you are here. I am very excited to be here. Awesome. Y'all, Marion is a French love coach. So we're going to be talking about love, relationships, sex, BDSM, all the stuff you want to know, questions you may have. She's got answers for you. Um, So Marion, I'm so glad you're here because we want to talk about this stuff. Valentine's Day just recently passed. um, And so I know a lot of things came up for a lot of people, whether you're single or in a relationship. Um, But first, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about your story. Like, how did you get into being a love coach? Right. So hmm, I never really know precisely where to start telling the story because I feel like this is literally the story of my life. <laughs> uh, to sum it up, though, I uh, I used to have a lot of crafted relationships. So let, let's let's use that as a starting point. Um, so I, I used to date a lot of people with whom I wasn't feeling really satisfied or fulfilled in a relationship. So I was, you know, between 18, 20, mid-20s. And at some point, you know, like kind of, I don't like to say failed relationship because you always learn something out of them. But let's say like from like unsatisfying relationship to unsatisfying relationship, I started to realize that I was the common element of them. And Mm -hmm. I started, yeah, (laughs) big, (laughs) yeah, big, big breakthrough in my mind the day I realized that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's fun. Also really scary. Um, But I got into what I call the work, um, which is really personal development work and learning about myself and learning how I could be a better person, you know, for myself, because I would feel better. And I now feel so much more better, more powerful, more confident, more satisfied, like, in a lot of areas uh, in my life, but also how to be a better partner. Because, you know, like, it's it's really easy and and it's really easy to blame a relationship what's not going well onto your partner, right? We all tend to do it, and it's something we're always modeled, you know, like in TV shows and, like, books, novels, you know, whatever. Like, we're really modeled kind of a codependent relationship model where you're really tied and almost merging with the other person. So like whatever they do, you feel it's really personally, but never at any point do you actually stop 
and you know look in the mirror and be like oh yeah well i uh, might actually have some responsibility in it um yes. so that's what i started to do kind of looking around realizing i was a common element in all of this unsatisfying relationships and really got into like i had always been in you know personal development i've always been interested in like sex things or um you know dynamics uh, within a couple or like flirting and all of that which i know i'm french but isn't that common <laughs> just to be clear um so i was i was always really interested in that and yeah i just started on this route down this route and i learned more and i learned you know i went to therapy i did some coaching I experienced a lot and this self-awareness, I really wanted to share it with people and also to be able to share my learnings and not so much advice because every relationship is different. And, you know, some people don't really like advice, but just the wisdom um, I've learned on my journey. So that's what got me to more personal topics because I used to be a coach for business and marketing. Um, and then I met my partner, um, which is, which is a, a story. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Yes, uh, we're going to hear that story. But I met him and it kind of accelerated all of that. It, it was kind of, you know, like both the final page of like my seven years of being single, as in like not really finding any stable, healthy, committed relationship like I wanted to. So it kind of closed us the chapter and opened a new one in which like I became officially a love coach. I decided that all the shit I went through, you know, both dating other people, but also in other kind of relationship, because, you know, not only romantic relationships are unhealthy or are necessary in life, you know, it goes both ways. Um, so, yeah, it kind of opened up this entire chapter of my life where I really want, I, I really realized that actually this is what I was for, you know, like what I was here for. Like, I'm here to help people actually know themselves and trust themselves and love themselves unconditionally and to feel confident being who they are. Not the perfect faraway version of who they are, but like really who they are and being proud of that. Um, and yes, I, I, I guess that's a short, short, kind of the short story. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that a satisfying answer to you? That's good. That's good. So that's awesome. So, cause I'm going to like jump right in here and ask some questions here. Mm-hmm. So, the the past relationships, you know, some of the things that you were going through and you started to realize that you were, you know, the common denominator here, it's you. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of, you know, pretty much get rid of all your relationships? You know, did you go on a hiatus for a while and just kind of work on yourself? And what were some of the things like you started to um, dive into or learn about yourself? That's a really good question. So um, I think this this happened you know, especially when I realized, you know, like, okay, so I might actually be part of the problem or the challenge and, you know, what am I going to do about it? It happened when I was studying in Barcelona. So I I was finishing off my bachelor over there and I decided to extend my stay because I was just learning so much in the city. Like it's where there is a lot of intensity and I was meeting a lot of people and I was dating a lot of people or just sleeping with a lot Uh of people, which was really necessary at the time because I, I had just gotten out of like two back-to-back long-term relationships. Um, one of them was really with someone who was really not in touch with his emotions and really quite distant. Um, and the other one was actually quite, um, how to say it, um, really too much, <laughs> like too passionate. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
but like passionate, you know, and passion is really revered, but like to be extremely transparent, like it was the abusive relationship that I had to live in an emergency kind of phase. So naturally, naturally a funny, a funny story. And I arrived to Barcelona and I was nearly single. I was meeting all of these people in bars, you know, when we could go to bars, you know, every night and all of that. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> good old times. And I started, yeah, I started meeting more people and, you know, like kind of dating around and all of that. And yeah, at some point I realized like, well, this isn't working. Like I was seeing, you know, a couple of different people at the same time, which I want to say in Europe isn't, especially in France, isn't as, frequent as I think it might be in the US where like you kind of date around and then you decide to get exclusive in, in France and Europe. It's more like you're dating someone and it's kind of assumed that you're going to be exclusive. So I was going, oh. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Different culture. Interesting. Different culture. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very interesting. Um, like all of this, all of this, um, yeah, difference in, you know, flirting relationship and all of that. Anyway, so I started, yeah, going out with a lot of people and I think I was just feeling that I wasn't satisfied. You know, like I might, you know, I was, you know, having sex every, you know, couple of days every week, uh, which mm-hmm. was good. Um, I was, you know, going on dates. I was, you know, flirting and, you know, like feeling desired and all of that. But like at the end of the day, and when I say at the end of the day, I mean like, at the end of the night, when I was just like in bed with this person, you know, and we had just had sex, I was just feeling really empty. You know, I was yeah. feeling like this, this, like this doesn't do it for me. Like, yes, yeah, the chase was good. And I do like this person. Maybe sometimes I was, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe <laughs> sometimes it was just more like, you know, the flirt and, you know, the chase and everything. And, you know, obviously there is nothing wrong with that. But like at the end of the night, I was like, well, am I actually feeling better or worse? You know? And it's obviously not a judgment over like one night stand or like, you know, dating around and everything. Like, absolutely not. I am all for that, if that's what you want. But like, <laughs> for me, for me, I realized that, yeah, that was fun. And also like, there was something missing, you know? And I really realized as I was going out, you know, with a couple of people at the same time, like, well, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm feeling good with this person and then this person, but also like, actual, like, I feel like there is so much things going, so many things going on at the same time. Um, and there was so much drama in my life as well. Um, and by drama, you know, like mainly fabricated by me, <laughs> you know, like kind mm-hmm. of deferring texts with friends or like being like, oh, I saw, you know, I saw such and such. And then he was with such and such and all of that. And I was just, you know, I reached a point where I was like, well, this isn't like, this isn't making me happy. This is stressing me the hell out. So I'm just going to stop for a moment. And yes, I did decide to focus on myself. and I. I did keep dating, you know, uh, ultimately, like mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't like, no, you will not date me until I reach a certain point. <laughs> Some um, people do that. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if that works for them, that's, that's fine. But for me, it's like, you know, I still, I still liked, I still like, you know, like, you know, flirting and, you know, like all the, all the daisies mm-hmm. and, you know, like all the, all of that, I think is, is, is really important actually in life to just, well, at least for me, like all the excitement that comes from that. Um, right. I was just being more mindful and more intentional with both the people I was going out with and also my expectations and making sure that my expectations um, within the relationship were really clear. So, you know, like I would put boundaries, basically, <laughs> which was, yes, you know, important. it is very important. Like that's, I think that's when I really learned 
you know, what boundaries were. Because, like, when I was growing up, obviously my, my parents did the best they could, but they didn't really model any kind of healthy relationship for me. Like, they got divorced when I was five, and it was, like, like a wall mess. Um, and then, yeah, I wasn't really told, like, emotional literacy, you know, like, what's the feeling or, like, how to feel better or how to cope with anxiety or how to cope with mm-hmm. feeling abandoned and all of that. So I had to learn all that by myself. Um, which I'm glad I did, you know, it, it really brought me to where I am today. And yet at the moment, it really felt really, really intense. Yeah, I can definitely <laughs> relate to that story. I know early in my 20s, I was kind of like that too, just kind of bouncing around. And like you said, I mean, I think I like this person, the sex is good. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, am I really truly happy? Or am I even satisfied? Yeah. Um, and I think probably like on a relationship level, I was questioning that, but even on like a sexual level, I was starting to question that too, because there were, you know, things that I had, that I had experienced with one partner that I had with the other and some people were open and some people weren't. So it was just, yeah, that was a crazy time for me too. So I can definitely (laughs) understand that. Yeah. And I think it is important, you know, like to kind of go through life and like, you know, learning by doing right. Um, And what you said about like, about, about sex and, and experimenting different things, I think is really important. Just like the barrel like, that comes to mind is, is when you're ba- when you're a baby, your, your caregivers give you a lot of different food to try, and and it's the same thing that happens, you know, when you are much much older, obviously, um, but when you're becoming like sexually active is the term, uh, which is really yes <laughs> official and medical. Um, but yeah, when you start to like you know have sex and feel comfortable and want to explore, it's like yeah, go and explore. Um, as you were saying, though, like, I mean, my relationship at the time weren't satisfying, but even sexually, you know, it was kind of the more classical, classical format of which, like, you know, like, you kind of ha- have a tiny bit of fair play, and then you go right, right, right down to business, and then, like, and then it's done. Yeah, you like, you finish it, it's like, bye-bye, it's like, woo. So it's like, I was really unsatisfied on, like, so many levels, and, like, emotionally, it wasn't bringing me a lot, and sexually... I was just like ending up being more horny than when I came in, you know? So at some point I was right. like, hmm, right, how is that serving me again? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I I feel you there. Um, and so you went, so you did say you, you took like a little bit of a hiatus. I know you still dated and did things. Now, as far as like the sexuality part, did you like continue to experiment even though, you know, you were somewhat on a hiatus or did you more so kind of wait that out until you were in a relationship? I uh, know I was so like, I wouldn't actually call it a hiatus. I think it was more like of a realization of like, you know, at some point okay. I was, I was dating a, a couple of people and like, it wasn't working out. It was really dramatic. So I did put an end to this relationship and I was like, right. Um, and then I just tried to to be more, yeah, to be more mindful and more intentional with where I was putting my energy. And it didn't, you know, happen overnight. I still had a lot of drama and I still had a lot of, you know, like relationships that weren't satisfying or fulfilling. Um, but that, it's like a gradual process, right? I had this breakthrough and then it's like little by little, relationship by relationship. And day after day, I was mm-hmm. realizing more and more what I wanted and how I wanted to be as well as you know, both a, a person, my own person, and also as a partner in a relationship. So, like, yeah, I did I did keep going out um, with people. I kept dating. And at some point, I did get, you know, pretty desperate, you know, like the 
the, the thing of like, I'm never going to meet someone who, you know, I love and will love me back and, you know, like all yeah. of that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all humans, we're all scared of saying, you know, this is like our number one fear. So like I experienced that a lot as well, you know, kind of, you know, losing hopes I would ever meet someone. Um, and sometimes I would, yeah, also settle for less and be like, well, you know, this guy isn't that bad. This is interesting. Let's go for it. Uh, why not? <laughs> why not being the worst reason ever to get into a relationship, I've learned. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it's like it, it was a whole process, really. Awesome. And so fast forward to today or to when you met your partner. Let's talk about that story. So how did you meet your partner? Right. So I met <laughs> him in, so I had been like single, uh, you know, dating around, but like nothing committed, nothing kind of stable for seven years. And I, um, where to start? Um, I had just decided to go to Bali. Like I was back in France. So uh, right after I graduated in 2017, I started traveling around. Uh, I was a digital nomad for like two or three years. Um, and I had just gone back to France and I was, you know, living back, back at my at my mother's house and I was saving money to be able to, you know, keep on traveling again. Um, and I was like, well, I really feel like I need to go to Bali next. And it didn't really make any sense because it's like, well, I had never been to Asia before. And yeah, sure, I yeah. had wanted to go to Bali at some point, just like I kind of had wanted or still want to go to pretty much any country in the world. I absolutely love traveling. It's a very important thing for me. So it's like, yeah, okay. But then like this kind of, it, it kind of like as a, it, it came as a nudge in my mind of like, the next time you're traveling, you're going to go to Bali. And it just didn't leave me. So like, all right. So I said that the money <laughs> and I ended up going to Bali like what, six months later than what I expected, which was really like a long time while living at my yeah. at my mom's face. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it all, yeah, it turned out for the best because um, so that was like about two years ago now. Yeah. So mid-March 2018, I decided to go to Bali. I went there and I was staying in like um, a guest house. Um, I was staying in a guest house in Ubud and um, for, for breakfast, I was with a chap, uh, a guy who was telling me all about this this event he was going to uh, during the evening and I was like well I don't have any plans sure I'll go so I had you know I went about my um, I went on with my day and then I eventually made it to the event which like long story short turned out to be like a very very bad event <laughs> was full oh no well, it wasn't bad bad but like it was it was a public speaking event and it was just like okay it was just like full of clapping really you know and also we had a, a weird timeline where like yeah, anyway, so the event wasn't that important, but like it ended up pretty late um, for Bali time. And I was like, well, you know, like there isn't, like I couldn't have dinner there. So like I'm going to have to go on my, on my scooter and like go and, you know, go around and actually find myself some food. So I took my scooter, drove around for a bit, which is something I never did before um, because I didn't really know the place. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just, just going to drive. And when I feel like stopping, I'm going to stop. So eventually I stopped and then I walked in the street and I was looking at restaurants and I was like, well, yeah, not this one, not this one. And I ended up like seeing a place that looked all right. And I sat down next to someone um, and I said, hi, and you're saying it's funny, right? <laughs> and I just said hi. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just said hi because, you know, like I was really intruding his place. Like I was, you know, it was one sit, like kind of a color in between us and then like another sit. So I was like, well, you know, I just said hi. I sat down. He kind of ignored me. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, he asked me something like, um, he, he started to ask me like, oh yeah, like, 
do you mind if I smoke next to you? And I was like, no, I don't mind, go ahead. And, you know, like I went into eating my vegetable curry and he was still on his phone checking the BBC, you know, like, all right. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of minutes later, I was I was smoking at the time. I actually asked him for the ashtray and he was like, he looked at me and he was like, oh, so you smoke? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, why didn't you say? And I was like, well, you didn't ask. Um, <laughs> and and then we just started chatting. And, and that's how I met my partner. Uh, wow. In the most random place in Bali. Um, the other side of the story is, uh, well, we kept on tapping this evening and it was just like quite, no, it was quite nice. And I wasn't actually kind of seeing him like as a rom- like a potential romantic partner because he's actually quite older than me. Um, I was going to ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he older than you? Yeah. Yeah, he is older than me. So he's actually 28 years older than me. So like not, wow. you know, not little. So like at first I was like, and you know, <laughs> Age is just a number. I've come to terms with that. But like at first, it was something that took me a while to accept. And mm-hmm. that's also why from, you know, the get-go, I wasn't actually, you know, I didn't go out. I didn't go home this night being like, oh, I've met the love, the love of my life. I was like, oh, yeah, he's nice. You know, like I wasn't thinking too much about it because, you know, which was actually hindsight really good because this way I didn't stress too much. <laughs> which yes, tends, exactly. Tends to, tends to things. So we just, you know, we had a chat for like, what, half an hour, maybe half an hour, just, you know, this evening with Tank's number um, and he was supposed to leave leave um, Ubud, um, the town where we are, where we were at. Yes, in um, Bali. Yeah, in Bali. A couple of, a couple of days later. So it's like, yeah, I'll text you for, no, let's go have dinner tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then we met up the next day um, and he was kind of making joke, you know, by text being like, oh, yeah, I'll do my hair and everything. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, I was really slowing down the thing. I was like, well, if you want, you know, like kind of yes. trying to set boundaries. As in like, dude, this is not date. Like, this is not a date. Um, <laughs> this is not a date. This is not a date. And I arrived to the restaurant and he got up when he saw me and he had a shirt and he had done his hair, you know, really quite nicely. And I was like, fuck, this is absolutely a date. A um, date, yes. <laughs> so we now refer to this as like the date that wasn't a date, that was a date. Um, okay. So we did a mouthful, but really, like, we had a lovely evening um, and we talked, you know, more about. You know, as the evening went on, we, we we talked more about like personal things and you know spirituality and um and BDSM because you know he wasn't in BDSM. He had just gone back from uh, Japan doing a shibari course, you know, like um oh. rope tying. Yeah, uh, so it was quite interesting. We talked about it, and then you know, like one thing led to you know led to another, um, and he was like, "Well, you know, I'd love to tie you up," and I was like, "Okay." Uh, so we met up yeah I mean wait 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 let me back up yeah what I would love to tie you up somebody just says that to you and then you said okay yeah no I mean like you know to be put in context like I was feeling really comfortable with this guy and we had been chatting more and more about things and he did say that but I was kind of you know I was I kind of led him to that as in like we were having conversation about BDSM you know and kink and I was telling him like yeah well I think I've always been kinky but I've never really like kind of properly tried it and you were like oh you know like why you know why you know why don't you like nothing pushy so how did y'all get into talking about that did it just how did that come up that's interesting Um, I think it's just well he had mentioned it you know the night before and that was one of the kind of intrigued me the fact that he had just been back from Japan doing the shibari course you know and 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 that's it and we started to talk about 
about that. Okay, and that kind of opened the conversation. Yeah, for it, it did. Yeah, it did, and it was like it was all very natural. So, um, so yeah, in the conversation, like one thing led to another, and I was like, well, I've you know I've always been interested, and you were like, well, why have you never done it? And then I was like, and I remember myself like, I remember thinking it and thinking like, this is like this is this is offering <laughs> an opportunity to like say something nice and I absolutely see where his conversation is going and it I can't prevent it, you know. So I told him like nope. well yeah. So I told him like, well, you know, like it's something to actually want something and, and, and go for it. It's really different to actually see an opportunity here, like presenting itself. Basically I was telling him I wasn't I had never gone kind of out of my way to find kick experiences, but that I was actually quite open to kinky experiences finding their way to me. I.e. Yeah. him. So that's why he was like, well, you know, I'd be happy to tie you up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I said yes. And, you know, we talked about it and like that's kind of the, you know, it, 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 it did happen this way. And it's a really, you know, like nice and surprising story. And as we're entering into kink, I also want to highlight the thing that this isn't, this probably isn't something I would recommend people to do. But like it was like I was I've always felt very, very safe with him. And okay. when we started talking about kink, he started talking about safety himself, which is a huge green flag, exactly. So we set up to, you know, do that, do the do the kinky stuff the next day in his hotel room. And before then he sent me a very, very long text about everything that was going to happen, like how we're gonna start, you know, safety things and you know, I could stop at any time and if I turned my mind that was alright. Like all of these things that actually made me think that he, first of all he knew what he was doing and second of all, he actually cared a lot about my safety. Right. You know, which I think is one of the most important things when you get into kink, if not the worst. Very important. Yeah. yeah. So let me just backtrack. So you went to Bali. Mm-hmm. Now you went by yourself. You just bought a ticket and just went. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it had been a plan in you know um, in the making for a couple of right. months, and I had been you know digital nomad traveling, uh, just working from a laptop for a year already, a year and a half. And okay. yeah, as I said, like I just had this nut. I was just like, the next time you're gonna travel, you're gonna go to Bali. And I've always had. Well, you know, looking back, looking back over my life, uh, I've always had a very strong spiritual connection and nudges like this. And when I have them, mm-hmm. I follow them. So I just, you know, I don't doubt about it. I don't really look into the rational thing. I'm just like, well, I'm feeling like going to Bali is really important. And so I'm going to go to Bali. And before I left, and I remember I was like kind of checking with my pendulum in my bedroom. I was like, I, <laughs> I, I feel like something big is going to happen in Bali. And I feel like I'm going to meet someone. And this someone is going to be very important. Like I'm, that that's going to be the relationship I've been looking for for years. You know. Wow. Yeah, and it, it did happen. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. called it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was quite good. Uh, yeah, very good. I that's thought. awesome. I think that was so important that you mentioned that, you know, that we need to listen to our intuition and like you said, you know, really dive into that spiritual side, because when you listen to it, great things happen. You know, sometimes it may sound crazy in your head, like you want me to do what? (laughs) Just pack up and go or, you know, go somewhere or stop at a specific restaurant or talk to a certain person. You know, you just never know what the universe has for you if you follow those nudges and really listen to it. So that's that's great. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, this evening, and that's why, you know, I started telling you how I met him uh, in a bar. And it's just like, if I hadn't been to this event, I probably wouldn't have ended up in this bar. And if I hadn't been in this guest house or this other guest would have told me about this event, I probably, you know, it's like, right. yeah, and all of that. Um, and on his hand, as well on my partner's um, side, actually, he was just like, he literally got single like five minutes before I entered into the restaurant the night we had this date that wasn't the date that was a date. So like mm-hmm. in, in terms of synchronicity, that was huge. Like he was, um, he was polyamorous. Um, at this stage and he had been seeing a couple of people and like all of this relationship kind of came to a close right before I entered, you know, this restaurant, which was officially our first date. So it's like, how does that happen? You know, like how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, there's only one answer. That's magic, really. Yeah. And so now how how long have you all been together now? How long has it been? Uh, we're going to, we're coming on to two years now in April. So yeah. So, um, we met up in his in his room and we did the we did the kinky thing, we did some shibari and then we ended up like spending the weekend together and he cancelled his flight back to the UK to be able to stay with me in Bali, which was oh, like cool. Yeah, I know, it's something out of his movie. I was like, because I was just you know, I, I had obviously spent a really good weekend with him and I was like, Well, if you're ever wrong and he was like, oh, well the slip test menu was like yeah, okay. Like, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was a thing. And we went to another part of the island um, and then went to Thailand together. He invited me to Thailand for my birthday because my birthday was coming up, which, you know, we once we were like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Okay. Uh, what? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, we went to this, to this, uh, we went to this tiny island and we had like a room um, on the beach. Uh, which which was like I mean the world story like you know I I lived I lived amazing you know I speak about it quite often but like when I speak when I like it still amazes me how it all unfolded really um, and we ended up spending two weeks in Thailand so we spent like three four weeks together in Asia and then we went back to Europe he went back to the UK I went back to Paris um, and then he came to see me like. A week later, I think, uh, spent a couple of in Paris, and then he had invited me already, like after week two, to come and visit in the UK, and he did tell okay. me like very explicitly, like take you know take a single ticket, and I'm like okay, so I took a single ticket, awesome. and and I never left, you know, like I just arrived there, after, like, <laughs> I never left, I never left, yeah, I never left, I took a single ticket, like. Yeah, almost two years ago. I mean, you, wow. it's, it's Europe, you know, it's not, you know, like a huge travel and everything. Um, but yeah. still, yeah, I just arrived. I had like, you know, one suitcase and then, yeah, we just started living together after like two months and a half, three months. And we've been living no, together. I was going to pack up and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I was. That's been pretty, that's been pretty amazing, really. And, you know, so like that, that's kind of the romantic, well, obviously that's, that's my life. Um, and yeah. the more I learned about kink with him, and also the more I learned what a healthy relationship <laughs> looks like, the more I've been like realizing how important it is, and how important was my journey of like going through a lot of unsatisfying relationship, and that's what really led me to love coaching. So because before then I kind of felt like I was kind of you know like experimenting a bit, and you know I did some coaching in, in business. I went to business school in marketing. I worked as a freelancer in marketing. Um, and I just got more and more to like, 
what truly fascinates me is people and like how the human minds work and you know all of the dynamics about sex about love but like mainly it's like what fascinates me is human um so i've been really able to go like closer and closer to that uh, to include like happy topics you know like sex and you know bdsm and money and whatnot so would you say so how has like bdsm opened you up more in your relationship would you say well obviously the person but how has it like specifically affected y'all's relationship and you know changed you um in so many ways <laughs> I know, that's, a loaded, that's a loaded question but <laughs> no it's actually no it's actually it's actually a really good question and you know the first the reason I talk about kink so much is like, yes, obviously I like kink, but like, I do think it's also relevant for the people I work with and also for anyone. Even if you're not into BDSM, you have a kink, you have sexual preferences. Yes. And we tend to not speak about it because like, ooh, sex is taboo and all of that. But you're like, this is a part of life, you know? And even if you, and I, I say sex, but it's it's really like, it, it's not only about sex itself, you know, it's, it's about life like you know sexual energy is life energy and mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like penis and vagina or like whatever you know uh, to be sex you know it is much, much right. bigger than that um and one thing i have learned with my partner actually is like how much energy is really important like we we had some funky energy stuff happening between us like really feeling pulled toward him like the first time like we were like physically close like i really felt my body moving on its own accord and that was like like i was like what the fuck wow. are you doing like to my buddy uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was so weird um but like to to go back to um to king specifically and to answer your questions i think it's been really helpful overall in in reclaiming my power um and when i say that i mean both feeling more confident in my body um mm-hmm. and also uh boundaries and consent so basically one of the like number one rule of kink uh, i would say is consent and boundaries so you know you have safe words or you discuss things so like first of all you discuss something that is usually quite loaded which is sex or bdsm you know you don't need you don't need to have a sexual component to bdsm it is common but it's not mandatory um so first of all discussing your desires and what you want out of a relationship is very very healthy because there is no judgment in that it's like well when you're looking for a kinky partner or like when you're trying to tell your partner which kind of you know scenes or you know sex scenario you would like to be in you're actually being open and vulnerable because we once more we're not used to talk about these things but these things are important and when you're able to talk about these things and and even if you, you know, like if you, if you stumble upon your words a bit, or if you, you know, if your cheeks are blushing, that's fine. You're still talking about it. So that makes, I mean, at least that has made me way more confident in expressing my desires overall. And constant boundaries bit is also learning how to say no and listening to my body. So let's say you're, you know, yeah, you're in the middle of like, scene and something is happening and you know at some point i'm like oh no you know like i can you know like i i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and it's like actually i'm not fine my body is sending me signals that this is too much you know like i'm overwhelmed i'm in pain you know whatever and it's like actually dropping into my body shutting off my mind and being like 
I'm not going to tell my body what to do. For once, my body is going to tell me what it feels and my body is going to kind of run the show, which is right. a parallel yoga I like to make of like, uh, you know, I, I took some yoga class, classes like a long time, well, a long time ago. Um, and one of my one of my teachers were like, well, in yoga, it's not like sports. Like you don't push your body to a performance. You actually listen to your body and where it can go now, you know. And I think it's the same for BDSM or like sex, but like BDSM tends to be more high intensity. So you really have to pay attention to the things. Like what is your body asking you to do? Is it asking you to drink water, to put a stop to it, to have some tenderness? Like whatever you need, you give it to your body. So I think it's a really, it's an amazing process, really. Yes. And I like that you said that, like listening to your body, I I really think, you know, that's a form of self-care and self-love, mm-hmm. you know, listening to your body and what you want. Because I know a lot of people probably, you know, who are have been in those past relationships or situations that we've been in where, you know, if you aren't loving yourself or giving yourself that self-love and you want to receive it from somebody else, you may continue to accept certain things that don't mm-hmm. make you feel good or do cause you pain because you're too busy, you know, trying to please this other person when you, you know, should focus on yourself first, because, you know, once you focus on your own um, sexuality and your own needs and desires, then you can be that for someone else. But until you do that, you know, you have to have that self-love first. Exactly. Exactly. And, and sex, especially like, I mean, any relationship has to be based on an extent and it cannot be balanced all the time. Balanced by, you know, nature is like a moving thing, but like in sex, especially you need to be defending your inner interest. Yes. There is like so much pleasure to be had, of giving pleasure, um, but you also need to be like fierce <laughs> in asking for yes. what you want and in, in not demanding it because ideally you are with a partner who wants to please you, but like being, this is how I get out, for example, or like, this is what I like to have in our sex life. And I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Like I still struggle with, you know, some of these things because, you know, we're all humans and like nobody is perfect. Nobody has a perfect sex sex life like that's that's not something that exists right um well, well you know like i want to be clear because it's, it's, it's easy to be like oh well you know this person you know has like a, you know it's just like you know has a perfect life a perfect sex life a perfect business you know like nothing is perfect there's always something going on behind the scene but that's all right you know we're all humans we're all doing the best we can here Yes. And sometimes we do have to make compromises, you know, to satisfy our partners and, you know, vice versa. I think people think that you're going to have this perfect sex life or perfect relationship. Um, You know, I do think that there are things that definitely need to like coincide or happen or you need to have the same energy overall. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be things that are going to be different and that you're going to have to kind of cope with. Yeah. To make the relationship work. Yeah. And I think it's it's compromise have a bad rep and I still I still feel a bit like hmm about the word itself because it has a, I know. a bad reputation. <laughs> I know what but, you mean. Yeah, but really like when you're in a relationship with, with someone else, you know, that is not you, um you need you need to talk about things. You need to like put some energy into it, the both of you. Uh, so it is balanced on the long term because if you if you end up giving and all the people I work with tend to be like on the giver side of like giving, 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 um, but you don't receive, then like you're just you you're just draining your energy and you're getting which is probably mostly women though, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, because like when you're like being raised as a woman, you tend to be put into the role of the caregiver, and it goes to the point where you feel, and I know what I'm talking about here. 
for 10. But yeah. you feel like if you don't give, if you're not the giver, if you're not the fixer, then who are you? You know, it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. And that is very dangerous. Very. Absolutely. And then I like that you said sexual energy is life. So what about the people who aren't having sex or aren't really tapped into their sexual energy? I'm sure you have had some clients and people who you could see, you know, just from like their demeanor or from their actions or things that were or weren't happening in their life that they weren't tapped into, you know, sexual life energy. How does that show up? Um, I think it's so like if someone's closed off. Yeah, I think, and, and there are two things. Like, usually, the people I attract are people who are ready to do this work. Um, and not necessarily about sex, because, you know, like, it's like sex and love is a huge part of what I do. But so is business, for example, because, like, everything is linked anyway. Um, but, like, I've had some people, for example, come to me and ask me questions about some of my offers about sex were being scared of like kind of my energy that I was putting into it. And I realized mm. that these people aren't a good fit for me, you know, or I'm not a good fit for them, you know, it goes both ways. Uh, but I think the people who I attract tend to be quite, maybe, you know, like, I think it's diff- like it's difficult, you know, in the society we live in to be absolutely 100% tapped into your sexual energy all the time or into your energy. Right. Um, however, yeah, the people I tend to work with are, people will realize that there needs to be a chance. Um, and also, like, it's not, like, I'm going to let you on a, on a secret here. Um, what, what, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> what I do and what I talk about, you know, especially, like, you know, on a podcast, for example, or even in my marketing in general, has a lot to do about sex. But really, my work has little to do with sex because it's not about, you know, sex specifically. It's about the energy behind it. It's about love. You know, like I was talking about sex energies, life energy. Like for me, it all goes back to energy and to love and to how it goes into your life. So sometimes you might have a great relationship and great sex and that you feel like your business is kind of dry, like you're not feeling creative in it. Or your business is going amazing, but your relationship is actually a bit shitty at the moment. Yes. So it's like it's, it's, it's all about this energy and this confidence and this power circulating into your life. Because what we tend to do is we tend to compartmentalize, which is a big word. Uh, we tend to like yeah. kind of separate different parts of our lives, but really we're like a human being and we're like multifaceted, which means that all the energy needs to circulate into our life. So when I talk about sex, you know, how to feel, you know, um, how to feel, how, I have a Facebook group and, and a podcast as well that are called like Sexy Secrets. And it's like, yes, I'm talking about sexy and like there's this idea of confidence. But, like, really, all of this confidence comes from you. Like, we'd all like to, you know, have the partners that, you know, like, is more confident and all of that. And, you know, you do have some people who are more confident than others. But, like, if you're looking for something in your partner, like, look for it in yourself as well. You got to look in the mirror first. Exactly. And um, if you're into, I, I'm, I'm really into tarot as well. And the lover card is exactly that. Ooh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so... Like the lover card, you know, usually is understood as, oh, yeah, you're going to meet someone because you're a lover. And, yeah, sometimes it can be because that's only one meaning, you know, about it. One of the deeper meaning I found is how you can hold up a mirror, you know, in your partner, but also in a lot of the things in your life and be like, well, you know, maybe it's something I need to look for in me. 
Yes. So, for example, like a common a common exercise in the love coaching thing industry. Um, so, like let's say like someone listening here is looking for the perfect partner or like an ideal partner. Um, part one would be make a list of all the things you're looking for in your partner. You know, like physical attributes, spiritual ones. You know, emotional. You know, whatever. It's Go crazy with the details if you mm-hmm. want to. And then once you've done this list, actually go and foster and cultivate this, these things within yourself. Yes. So that's how you're going to attract this person. But also, like, that's because it's someone you want in your life. That's something you want in your life. So why you can also give it to you to a certain extent. And obviously relationships are, you know, are great and all of that. But, like, we need to look in before looking out. Well, that's where I am right now because I am single and ready to mingle. <laughs> yes. And yeah, absolutely. I, I'll i use myself as an example because I was in a relationship last year. So it's been almost exactly a year since I've been out of a relationship. Um, and for me, I personally, I mean, I somewhat did a, did a hiatus. I haven't dated anybody um, or gone out. And most of that is because of, you know, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of stuck right now, but I'm not like closed off. I am open to dating and meeting and I try to listen to those spiritual nudges to go and do things, um, but also just to do things that I enjoy. Like you were saying, to cultivate the things that you want in your partner, in yourself. So if I like to travel, travel. If I like to go hiking, go hiking. You know, if those are things that I want my partner to do myself and yeah, definitely made the list. So I have the list of all the things that I want. Um, but yeah, I think it's important for people to to be open to receiving, but also to be to be open to inviting those things in, but to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to cultivate it in yourself, mm. you know? So in order to attract, because I think law of attraction plays a big role in that too, mm. in, you know, attracting love or sex or a partner or a relationship that, yeah, you definitely need to, create that for yourself in order to attract it yeah yeah definitely and that was kind of the just right before I met my my partner um in Bali that was kind of the mood I was in I was like well you know if I want to do something I can do it or like I don't know if if at some point I feel like eating a fancy dinner or like dressing up or just spending the evening watching Netflix or you know masturbating I'd be like, well, is it something I'd do with a partner? And his answer was yes. I was like, well, why the hell am I not doing it with myself then? Like, right. <laughs> I am like, I am the most, like, I am the most important person in my life. And that's not being selfish. It's just being realistic. Like, you know, we're talking about mm-hmm. common denominators uh, before. Like, I am the only constant in my life. And, you know, even I am tending. I'm always tending. We're always, always all tending. Um, so, yeah, foster the relationship you have with yourself because it is the most important one. And then you can go <laughs> and and find a relationship with someone yes. that, that's you. So speaking of dating in COVID-19, what would be your advice for someone like me who is single and is, you know, looking for a partner or spouse or open? I wouldn't say like I'm not on the search to find someone. Mm-hmm. Um do you have some advice for someone who's single like right now in this pandemic? Yeah, it's it's really not easy. Um, when you were telling me about your, you know, you've been single for almost a year, I was like, well, you know, and obviously like, I don't know a lot about this relationship. I, you know, literally just what you said, but like my first reaction was like, actually, that's that's probably better because, you know, with all the lockdowns that we've had going on, like if, if your relationship is about to break, 
going into lockdowns, with, you know, um, I don't know if you've had lockdowns in your states, but like we've had a lot of um, lockdown here in the UK. It's like, and, and that's been a real problem for a lot of people of like, you know, like with relationships isn't great or like on the verge of breaking up, how do you actually leave and, you know, 24 seven with no escape with someone? Yeah. Uh, but that's not answering your question. So uh, do you know, <laughs> what I would normally ask is, you know, like to know more about you because we all have kind of different techniques and strategies to like manifest things and attract people in our lives. Do you know, do you know a bit about mm-hmm. human design? Yes, absolutely. All right. I had um someone on here talk about that Ooh, recently. So right. absolutely love human design. Cool. So what's your, what's your human design uh, type? I'm a manifesting generator. All right. I always think that's like the toughest one. I mean, I'm sure everybody thinks whatever yeah. their profile is, is the yeah. toughest one. I think mine's like the toughest one because I feel like I'm just always just waiting for something. To yeah, do. well, I mean, at least, you know, with a manifesting generator, you do have this kind of doing many things at the same time and, you know, several activities and you need to be busy. Whereas generators tend to be more, um, I don't want to get too much into it because like, that's a big topic and it's, yeah. I, will, I don't want to do any podcast. <laughs> but like, no, it's, 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 yeah. So basically, yeah, manifesting generator, it is better when things find you. Um, yeah. And you are responding to other things. However, um, what you were saying about, you know, before about doing things you enjoy on your own time, just, mm-hmm. you know, I think is a great thing because your strategy might be waiting, which I know sounds like, you know, sex a bit. <laughs> uh, but like, right. you know, for, as you said, like for every type, it, it kind of sucks a bit. Like I'm a manifestor. So like I'm, I'm supposed to be the only type that doesn't have to wait. Like that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to, like I have to wait for the nudges from the universe. You know, so it's like if I don't have a nudge, like I'm not moving and I need to rest a lot of time. Yeah. Which is really hard in the society. Anyway. So like for manifesting generator, what I'd say is actually do things that yeah, make you happy and really do you know, like really deep dive into all of your many interests and really capitalize on that. So I mean with COVID it is it is difficult. Uh, you all, ha- you know, you always have the apps, you always have like, you know, meeting people online. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not the only one in this situation, which means, you know, you all, you, you know, you, yeah. your next partner is also ready to mingle or like about to. Uh, but usually, and once more, it, it does depend on like on you and, you know, your your past relationship and all of that. Uh, but my, my advice would be like on two fronts. One of them would be like the physical kind of thing of like, well, do things that make you happy, take actions that feel good. If you're feeling like being on apps, like be on apps. Uh, if you don't, don't like really do mm-hmm. what feels good and focus on what you love. Because as you were saying, like if you like hiking, you probably, you know, you might, you might meet your partner on a hike, which is great because then you both like hiking. You know, it's like you have a common interest. Yeah. So you have the more physical thing and the more spiritual thing, which is obviously linked, is like, actually believing that it's going to happen, you know, and, de- yeah. and depending on, on, on more like in-depth details about human design, you might benefit from doing like the list I mentioned before with lots of details, or you might want to focus more on the feelings of like, what would it feel like for you on a day to day to be with a partner? So the thing I used to do was like, before I would fall asleep, I would just like imagine that someone was quitting me <laughs> because I love this feeling. And I'm, me too, yeah. I do that. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> <That's> great. 
do that. Yeah. Oh, my partner's right here in the bed. Yeah. We're going to sleep. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's great. You know, like, and now when I fall asleep and my partner is actually spooning me, I'm feeling great. That's until he snores, obviously. But like, this is, <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's like kind of calling in the feeling is also very important. And also, and I know it's just like, seriously, like I do know it can be frustrating at times, uh, but like, if if it's not happening, it, it doesn't mean anything about you. It just means like it's not the right time yet. And when it's the right time, it's just going to happen. You know, as you know, like the common sense, like the com- common sentence is like, it always happens when you least expect it. And it's, that's what they yeah, say. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. You know, like I never expected to like sit next to next to this person, you know, like in, in this bar in, in Bali, like at 10 p.m. on like, I think it was a Wednesday. Um, and two years later, wow. yeah, two years later, I'm here and I'm like, I'm in my office, you know, in, in in his house. And, you know, that's great. Like we don't, I think we tend to take things really personally. And I know I still tend to do that, like on some older areas of my life. Of like, well, if it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet, I must be doing something wrong. Oh, there must be something wrong with me. Right. But it's actually not the case. And the more you can work on that, the more you can work on like feeling confident, feeling in your power and just knowing like you're the you're the best, probably. But not not, not yeah. the best as in like, ooh, I'm the best version of myself. Yeah, that's good. But like you're also great the way you are right now and like feeling this value and this love within yourself, the more you're gonna attract all the good things in your life, which is like an online partner, you know, more money in your business, more clients, you know, whatever. And that's why I always, you know, like that kind of circles back to what um, I was speaking about before with, you know, sex energies, love energy and all of that, because it always, always comes down to the love you have to yourself and the power you feel. Yes. So whatever cultivates that is going to help you achieve any of your goals. Absolutely. Totally agree. I love that. That just gave me chills oh. like, talking about that when you said your partner spooning you and you imagine. I'm like, oh, my God, I do that. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think the hardest part for most people, um, and not just me, because I mean, I think I'm pretty good about, you know, staying in that energy. And like I tell people playing make believe or fantasy, like fantasy is becomes reality. Um, But I think a lot of people definitely feel like if I don't see it happening, or if it didn't happen yet, then I'm not doing something right. Um, you know, or they lose hope and they don't really believe that it's going to happen. So I think that's very important to continue to visualize. That. Yeah, it's it's important. And also, like, one thing that's underlying in spirituality, and you've mentioned it before, is the law of attraction. And I think the law of attraction is great and has a lot of caveats. Uh, or caveats. I never know how to pronounce this word. Uh, a lot I don't of- know. Caveat. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you said it right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... It's also okay to feel hopeless at some point. It's also okay to be frustrated and to lose patience and all of that. That is also part of the process. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. it's very important to feel your feelings. Um, I think it was like, what, three days, five, five days ago, five days before I met my partner, um, the one I keep mentioning, I actually briefly, very briefly dated someone else in Bali and I put a step to the relationship that was like, like a week, 10 days, I think, because it, yeah. it wasn't feeling that he was my best. And, and, and honestly, I wasn't really sexually attracted to him. 
Um, and I, which is important. Which is important, yeah. And I was like, I remember like messaging my friends, like doing voice messages, like you know, pacing in front of my room and be like, I feel like such a bad person. And I, but also, also knowing that of course it's important. And then I, you know, like I kind of, you know, I I, I cried it over. I spoke with some friends. I rested and watched a lot of Netflix because it made me feel good. Um, and I gave myself yeah. a pep talk, you know. And I was like, you know what? I will meet someone that I feel attracted to emotionally, physically, that is aligned with me, has the same goal as me and all of that. And I just, you know, like, I was just, like, giving myself the best of pep talks. And then I let it go, and I'm like, oh, I feel better. And, like, yeah, like, five days later, if, if that, I sat next to Mark in, in, in this bar. So it's like, wow. And, you know, like, that that was the last <laughs> the last desperation before I met Mark. But, like, I've had many yeah. before. And it's like, that's that's fine. You know, like trying and detach yourself for your feelings isn't going to help. What's going to help is actually self-compassion. And if you're feeling that you're missing connection and feeling isolated and all of that, especially with everything going on with, you know, the COVID uh, restrictions, like that's legit. Like your feelings are always valid and legit, but it doesn't mean they're the truth. Absolutely. You still got to have hope. You still got to keep the faith, continue to work on you. Um, yeah, I love that. Do things that you enjoy, which Netflix is huge for me too. I like to sit and watch movies yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, I think a lot of people think that they have to like be out and about and hustling and, you know, really on this search to try to find love or a partner or a relationship when we should be searching inside first. Yeah. And working on that relationship. Yeah. And I think it's like, it, it's a question of balance. Like it's my, like, I think one part is also making it really clear, like to yourself, to the universe, you know, to whomever higher power you might believe in, that you are open to that and you want this to happen. And then letting it go, you know, which is the hardest part. Of course, we all know that. But like, sit, yes. you know, setting your intention <laughs> and living in this energy while also living your feelings and the ups and downs. And realizing like that's all part of the human experience and just knowing it's going to happen. And if you don't believe it's going to happen every day, that's fine. You know, it's still going to happen if you want it. Awesome. I'm so glad we got to yeah. chat about this and, really and open up. And I love hearing about your story and how you met your partner and just, you know, you just being open to receiving and just kind of going with the flow and listening to your spiritual nudges. Yeah. And you know, like it's learning more about yourself, your body, not only just from your own personal experiences, but with your partner mm -hmm. and being able to experience, you know, kinky stuff and BDSM. Because a lot of people, you know, like you said, think this is it's taboo or things you shouldn't yeah. talk about. And yeah, it has a very like BDSM has a very, a very bad reputation. It looks really dark, you know, as in like scary and all of that but actually and, yeah. and you know like 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 everywhere you do have some people who aren't trustworthy people and yet right from my experience bdsm can also be a very safe environment where everything mm -hmm. is expressed you express your needs your consent is respected which i think doesn't happen in a lot of like vanilla uh, relationship which is like yeah. the opposite of BDSM. um <laughs> But, like, I never really had, like, a chat about consent, you know, before of, like, is that okay? Do you prefer it this way? Or, like, but just, like, because lots of people don't like talking about things because it makes them uncomfortable. Right. But, like, that's not how you're going to have better sex if you don't talk about it. Like, your partner, even if even if there's the best partner ever, 
they're not they're not mind readers. They cannot know what you like. You know, that's 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 not possible. You know, and yet you have like Absolutely. you have more maybe intuitive partners or people like people that you might feel more compatible with, you know, physically, that's that's absolutely the case. And if you want to have a better sex life, you also need to work on it. Yeah. And I think that's the good thing about BDSM that people don't realize is like it opens up communication. Like it makes you talk. It makes you say what you like, what you don't like. You know, it opens up the communication when it comes to sex. So I think people should try that in their relationships. If they're not communicating, that's one way you can start. Yeah. And, you know, preferably... Yes, maybe don't don't go full on like you know, sitting in a dungeon with. Oh no no know, no! Start small, please. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just and do it with someone that you're in a relationship with that you trust. Yeah, yeah. Or even if it's you know, like a friend, or you know, like it it. it yeah. It can you know as someone you trust. Yeah, someone you trust. It doesn't have to be sexual, but like it can be just like tying tying someone up. You know, like is is his or her or their left wrist to the bed, or like together if you're into you know shibari, or it could be like wearing a blindfold even by yourself when you're masturbating or putting headphones and listening to music at the same time or you know whatever it's just like it's it's really about experiencing with your senses and and just mm-hmm. going with what you get really and having fun you know like there is like especially at the moment like there is so much shit going on like can we just have fun with our sex oh, life yeah. please Absolutely. I'm ready for that. All that talking about all that makes me excited. I'm ready for my partner so I can <laughs> try all this stuff with them because I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember I used to have fun. Yeah. Awesome. And then what? So first, tell us how can we connect with you and um, learn more about you and your work? All right. Yes. Uh, good question. So I have a website, which is marioncloetest.com. Uh, I'm sure it'll be somewhere in the show notes because my accent. <laughs> but like, it's, that's it's, okay. It's, I love it. It's, it's, basically, it's basically my name. Dot uh, com. Um, I also uh, I'm really happy to connect with people on Facebook, on my personal Facebook, or on my Facebook page. Um, I have a podcast myself, uh, which is called Sexy Secrets, and a Facebook group that has the same name, where I talk about sex, but also about you know creativity spending in power, business, basically, you know, everything that kind of increases your confidence yeah. because, you know, as I said, like it is about sex and, you know, feeling sexy and feeling better in your sex life because this is very important. But like to get there, you do need to feel confident and empowered. And that is what I do. So yeah, uh, Facebook podcast, Sexy Secrets, my website. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. But the Lovely. main place to hang out um lately yes perfect and then do you have like any last words or a piece of advice that you want to leave our audience before we end this lovely show oh right um no pressure right last words um <laughs> what are your last words um i think it's something that we talked about but like not directly during the show was how you know sex sex is important sex energy is important what i really like about sex and any kind of physical activity, but especially with sex, is how it brings you to the present. And like, it can also be very hard. Sometimes when you have sex, your mind goes, you know, like left and right and think about groceries or whatever. But like sex and BDSM, and even if you're not into BDSM, like spanning <laughs> or sex, when you're really present in your body, it really makes a difference. Because like we might think of the past, we might think of the future, we can get really, you know, in our heads. 
and it sexually brings you back to the present. And in the present, you can do things about your situation. You know, like you are powerful right now. And I think that's one thing that I I I dislike about the kind of self help community in general is like mm-hmm. there can be a tendency to be like, oh, when I have when I have a partner, when I have a better job, when I have more clients, whatever, then I'll be. And it's like no, like this you know this empowered version of yourself isn't someone that's different than you. It's actually someone that's more of you. That's more of who you are. Yeah. And that starts now. Not in two weeks, not in two hours, just like now, like, you know, daily, small decisions. Love that. And so absolutely true. Much needed. Thank you for joining me, Marion. I'm so glad we got to talk hear about your story, how you met your partner. Um, I'll put all of the links in the show notes of how everybody can connect with you and definitely check out her podcast and her Facebook group. Um, if you have any questions, you can definitely um, shoot her a message on any of her platforms. And thanks for joining me, Miriam. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Regis, for having me. It was my pleasure, really. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to Spiritual Shit You Need to Know, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave me a five-star review. Don't forget to sign up for your free Millennial Life Crisis Guide at bit.ly forward slash free crisis guide. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram for more spiritual inspo at spiritual shit podcast.